Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught. gentlemen welcome back to the mental mastery alliance podcast this is going to be a lot of fun today not too long ago i had the amazing opportunity to speak on a fellow free thinkers show and this lady has had enough no more social media no more bullshit and it fascinated me because as much as we all hate that crap we need it. It's a means to an end or so we are taught to believe or so we think, you know, I'm, I, I don't know how I would, you know, I think now, you know, maybe on certain amounts of growth, we can get some places, but all of these step off things and, and, you know, every last one of us, you know, as well as I do, you stare at the goddamn Facebook on your phone. You're like, what am I doing with my life? I'm out of here. Um, and, and we're getting to, we're getting to a tipping point. We're getting to a point where we still need to communicate. We still need to find our like-minded people. We still need to find our essence, our energy, our people, our, our brood, our clan, whatever you want to call it. Um, today we're going to talk about what comes next, what comes after social media, life after social media, especially if you're somebody who uses social media for business. Uh, we have our guide with us today, the lady who's doing it all. Uh, and she's got a fancy accent to boot. So a lot of you guys are in for a treat. Don't fall in love. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Matt Rich. Hello and welcome to me. I'm loving it. And welcome to you being in my studio here in London, kind That's of true. in your audio, in your audio self here. We said before, before going live that it's, it's always interesting when two hosts get an opportunity to speak so when you say hello and welcome that's just natural it's like welcome welcome to my show yeah. and then welcome to welcome your to show. my show and i'm on your show today which i'm loving mm -hmm. no it's true and i got to meet you through um uh, through a friend of mine who was he primarily deals with uh, recovery addiction uh and and changing the mindset of i guess sort of where you are and and that that is always a huge one to me again the priority for most people is, is for me anyway, working with most people is to get rid of the depression and the anxiety working on that clan. Um, people mm -hmm. have no idea. You know, the, the, the number one thing that I hear when I say something like, you know, you should probably lay off the booze. The number one response to that is, well, it's not like I drink that much. Yeah. And it, it, it blows me away. Cause it's like everybody already. So what happens in that transaction is people already assume that you're assuming that they're fucking at the bottom of the barrel every night. <laughs> 
But they, <laughs> and, but the, what they're also missing in that statement and that thought process is that it literally just takes one or two drinks a week to keep you in a perpetual state of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's done by, that's done, that's done on, on purpose. That's yeah. done for a reason. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason that this stuff's like, you know, out there. I don't think it's for our greater good. Don't get me started on the alcohol thing. Cause that was one of the first things I gave up, but it was just, oh my God. So eye opening, eye opening. We will talk about it briefly because it's such a, it's, it's so close to my heart. Yeah. Um, when did you quit drinking at what age? 2014. Um, was I'd given up, uh, drugs and I started drinking way more because <laughs> you literally okay. give up one and start with another. I'd given up my party drugs, my ecstasy, my ketamine, like, you know, all the stuff, MDMA, everything out there that I was doing. And, um, I decided that, you know, I didn't want to do drugs anymore. So I just thought, I'll just do what everyone else doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't do that either. It was terrible. It was, you know, my nights, I couldn't remember all of them. They weren't as, I mean, I think because when I used to do drugs and drink at the same time, I didn't drink as much when I did drugs. And also they kind of leveled me out a bit. So if I, you know, if I drank a little bit too much, I'd have another drug, you know, some kind, and it would kind of sober me up a little bit. But when there was no drugs and I was drinking the alcohol that I was drinking before, my body couldn't handle it. I was in a much different state. And for me, it just was a massive a massive wake up call. I knew I needed to stop. I knew, but it was so difficult. But the reason I did stop, there was a couple of reasons. One was I went for a drink with someone and I had one glass of wine. Couldn't remember how I got home that night, but I wasn't wasted. I was totally sober as it were. Uh, My friend, when I got home, my friend said, oh, did you get a taxi? Did you get on the tube? How did you get back? And I just, my mind went blank. I couldn't remember. So I thought that was really strange, but I wasn't sure what it was. Um, But it was only one glass of wine. So I never put it down to the alcohol. And the following day, a friend of mine called me from the other side of the world, literally in Australia and said, oh, now I've been for a reading with a tarot lady. Um, She said, she's got a message for you. And I'm like, okay. And she said, yeah. She said, if you don't stop drinking, she, she, she basically said my friend who's tall, blonde, got a tattoo around her wrist, which I have works in a bar, which I did. She nailed my identity. And she said, if she doesn't stop drinking, she's going to get sexually attacked in a bar Mm. and it's going to change her life forever. She'll never come back from it. And that was a message from the other side of the world. So I'm just like already toying with the idea of giving up, but this was like absolute, the, the chances of that happening were so slim. So I, yeah, I gave up and then I started making a list a couple of days later, probably about a week later. And I started writing this list on an, you know, like an A4 sheet of paper, like a lined paper. And I started making a list of all the things that I kind of regretted or thought, oh my God, so embarrassing, not really what I wanted to do on this piece of paper. So I made one list on one side of the A4. Then on the same side of the A4, I had another list and I was just writing down all these arguments or hiccups or whatever I'd had in my life. Then I turned the paper over and I did the same. So I had four columns, like four entire columns on one sheet of paper of all the reasons that I really, you know, had a problem. And I thought, oh, I need some more paper. Let me go and continue this list. And something went off in my head was like, you don't need more paper. You need to put your pen down and you need to look at this and you need to realize that every single one of these is to do with drugs or alcohol. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was this light bulb moment because most people didn't think I drank that much. But Mm -hmm. if I can fill up four columns on one sheet of A4 paper, both sides, I've got a problem. Not to mention you're your, own worst, you know, you're your own worst critic. So, I mean, there's probably yeah. things like went out and bought shitty shoes was probably on that list at one point, you know? So. Yeah, totally. Totally. You know, so, so it's, it was a big one. 
Yeah. I, it's funny because for me, it was, it was, um, for me, the, 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 the addiction, the drugs and the partying and the, and the drinking was, I come, I had come from, um, like high end sales. So elite sales, like a higher, higher ticket sales, marketing and stuff yeah. like that. And, and when you, you know, when you're in that environment, the drugs are just everywhere. You know, the Wolf mm-hmm. of Wall Street wasn't kidding. Like they're Yeah, everywhere. I worked on a trading floor for a while, so I know. Yeah, so yeah, you, <laughs> you know between calls and sales, there's a yeah. couple of lines somewhere. So, and it's it's like when you, when and, and here's the thing too that a lot of people don't understand. It's like, well, how could somebody do so many drugs? And how could, no, no, no. Like your life just naturally gets surrounded by an environment in which you sort of curate. So one time mm-hmm. you do ecstasy, it's great. You meet a guy that's got it. He introduces you to another guy. Four years later, that's your entire environment type of thing. Um, you know, and there are so many people that say it couldn't happen to me. And there are so many people that say, you know, my alcohol, my drinking isn't a thing. You know, ladies and gentlemen, listening to the show right now, and um, it'd be awesome if the people that weren't listening to the show also got this message, but uh, that's mm-hmm. possible at this moment in time. <laughs> in time. The idea that media and marketing has told you forever that marijuana is bad and that all of these mm-hmm. drugs are bad and that these are section one and section two and don't do these drugs. It's almost like goading you to do them, first of all. But then on top of that, they say, feel free to drink as much as you fucking want. Um, and it's the alcohol that really screws people up. Yeah. The alcohol leads to other things. They talk about gateway drugs. Like they say that, you know, marijuana is a gateway drug, but it's the it's alcohol. alcohol. It's alcohol. And, and, but your whole life, you're primed to be like, what drinking, like drinking, whatever. And I think one of my favorite things is, you know, you can do all the drugs by all means, have at it, get the experience. Right. But we feel certain shames about certain things. Like one of my biggest shames, even though it was one of my biggest addiction was, was the cocaine mm-hmm. way back in the day. I, w- I did my best to keep it a secret, you know? Um, and I was never one of those tweaker guys. I was just a guy that was high functioning. Mm. Um, and so it wasn't too, too hard, but then towards the end of it, like, you know, your shame is all there, but there's no shame in drinking. There's no shame in this, that, and the other thing. The shame comes, you know, afterwards, but it's the psychological warfare that goes on with the drinking and with the drugs. And when we think about things like you can do all the drugs, you can do everything that you have always done. Right. But the minute you say to somebody, I'm not having a drink, then the tables turn. Oh, oh, you've got a problem. Right. Yeah. So it's like somebody offers you heroin and you're like, no, thanks. They're like, oh, it's totally acceptable. You're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a good decision. But if it wasn't, if I'm like, here, have some heroin and I'm handing a needle. Yeah. Here you go. And then you're like, no, I'm good. And then the person's like, oh, you got a problem with heroin. Like you can't handle your heroin. Is that, is that a thing? You know, or, or, or you're going out for drinks with your friends at lunch, everybody, even like the construction guys, everybody I know, the, the, the high-end sales guys, anyone you're having a steak at lunch, you're doing whatever, however the lunch works out, you have a beer at lunch, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's like the same thing, you know, like, am I going to go out and am, am I going to have all these drugs? And that's the two, that's, that was one of the problems too. Like, you know, you would go out and, and you, especially working in the bar, it wouldn't be much to be drinking sort of casually all day and just be part of it. totally and you know when you know everyone behind the bar you work at all the bars i've worked at so many different nightclubs everything's free so you're constantly able to get a drink where you know whether you need an orange juice whether you need alcohol i worked in security as well so i also worked on the doors i managed some of the like a lot of the teams on the doors and also for the parties as well as managing the floor for the table so there was an expectation for me to be sober 
Mm. Um, but if I got wasted, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have lost my job. I wouldn't, you know, they'd have laughed about it and said, nah, come on, you know, but there, there would no, there was no pressure. Now, if I'd have been caught doing cocaine, I'd have lost my job. Mm. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a social um, acceptance that we are now realizing how is really unacceptable on a, on a mass scale. And I think so many people through lockdown, not partying, have noticed such a magnificent difference in their lives, considering they couldn't go out and waste the money that they were doing, they've realized that there's another way. So as bad as it has been for someone, they've also realized, you know, there's some people out there that have realized how good it is not having alcohol in your life and the difference of your conversations, the level of your memory, you know, the, the way you perceive other people, the way you perceive things, the way you feel your fitness levels, the way you wake up, the way you meditate, the way you read, every area of your life greatly improves when you I'll, I'll tell you what happened to me when I gave up alcohol and my entire life turned around. Like every single area I didn't know alcohol was attached to, there was an improvement in every area of my life when I gave up. And that for me was enough to be able to say, hell no. And I realized also, you know, it, it's a spirit, you know, there's, it does have this metaphysical um, drain on your energy as well. Like metaphysical is the stuff that you can't see. So physical is the world that you can. Metaphysical is everything you can't see. The energies around us, whether you believe in them or not, it's quantum physics. It's, you know, you don't have to go too far to find that stuff out, but there is a drain on your energy. And it's that it stays with you for days. Like no one enjoys a hangover. Why do we voluntarily drink something to make ourselves sick? If I gave you a glass of absolute you know, chemicals of everything I could find in the cupboard in the kitchen and said, drink it, do a shot. Come on, come on, you know, shot, shot, shot. And it was going to make you sick. You'd be like, no, but you'll go out and buy one that tastes nice. They don't taste nice. Come on. Some of them do, <laughs> but the, uh, but yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the craziness of what that actually is. But I think a lot of people are changing now. I agree with that. I, I think too, that, you know, what, you know, the craziness of that it is that that just leads more into look at how easily we've been manipulated. Oh, because, because it's on the television, we're going to, we're not going to drink floor cleaner, but we're going to drink vodka, you know? Uh, and I'm a hundred percent with the spirits. Uh, it looks like my internet connection is unstable. Uh, so Ooh, I'm not sure it is. Mine's no, mine's still working. I've still got, she is cutting it then when it was unstable, but I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm doing Seems double fine. recording here. So I've got two loops of recording. So hopefully I'll be able to merge the two and not skip a beat. Uh, but you guys listening at home got to hear all about those technical difficulties, which is fantastic. Um, so back to what was I talking about the drinking? So with regards to your list, you had the, you had the, you know, the four pages uh, mm -hmm. long. The one that caught me uh, when I started doing this was I knew that like, it was weird for me. Like I would have to go, I would have to wake up and, and um, like not get drunk, but you know, hair of the dog, I'd have to reconsume first thing in the morning to sort of like get right. And then mm. go have a cup of coffee type of thing. And I just remember being super depressed. And I just remember saying to myself, like, like this is enough. Enough is enough. And so instead of writing down a four-page list, because I thought about it, I'm like, do I really, do I really have a problem? And the thing is, when you're when you're drinking, even if it's a little bit, and you and you say to yourself, Do I have a problem? You gotta remember that your drunk you and drinker you is negotiating with potential sober you. And yeah. you've never been potential sober you. So you're gonna lose that battle because drunk you has tons and tons of experience. Um, but the one thing that I said is there's not a single person on this planet that ever quit drinking and said, my life oh, turned to shit. I think you're, and I said that signal's me, gone again. I don't know if you can hear me. It's definitely not mine. Cause I'm still getting my internet through. 
Well, I can hear you clear as day. And the thing too is if I can hear you and you can hear me, then you're being recorded even though you can't see me. <laughs> Shit. So yeah, the one thing that that struck with me was um, not a single person on this planet said I quit drinking my life turned to shit. And that, you know, that that was a huge coup. That was a huge thing. And for me, it wasn't even permanent. I'm like, I'm going to go 60 days. And 60 mm-hmm. days was enough to actually clear it out of my system. 60 days is enough to get rid of the vodka or the alcohol, whatever it is. And then once that's gone, decisions go. So for me, the, the drinking went, the drug use went, the cigarettes went. Uh, I stopped eating pork. I changed my diet completely. I started working out. Um, I started wanting to be more physical. I started wanting to challenge myself in different areas of life. My business acrement went up. My financial acrement went up. My investments went up. Uh, every single thing I've ever done in my entire life stepped up through the gate, all simply mm-hmm. because I put down the drink. And any single person that's out there that is quietly miserable, that doesn't understand sort of what's going on, and this is the last I'll say on this for today, unless you've got something you want to add to it. Mm-hmm. If you just put down the drink, no matter how much you think you're drinking, your life changes. Your life mm-hmm. changes because you have not only... Do you have different things to do? You have different focuses. If you're not going to have that drink, then you've got more time on your hands, be it five minutes, 10 minutes to do something else yeah. and to not be hung over and to not be exhausted and not be mentally fatigued the next day. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Great topic. Great piece. I love that we got that out there because I love talking about that. Even, you know, even in passing, I love talking about the power of, of, of personal focus, like sobriety in a sense. I don't want to give it sobriety as a term because I, I also don't necessarily agree with the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. Neither because, do I. Yeah. I don't want to focus. I don't want people to have to constantly be like, I was an alcohol. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Well, the reality yeah. is no, you're not. You're just somebody that no longer drinks and be done with it. Yeah. You know, so everyone's got their thing, but I think, I think the 12 steps is, is replacing one addiction with another. I think, totally. you, bud, but that's just me, you know, is, is Dr. Fauci going to rip on me? Like, am I, you know, I'm not, I'm not as fancy as Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan got busted for, saying that he wouldn't, he wouldn't tell a, a 21 year old to, to take the vaccine. Like that caught the attention of, of fucking president of the United States, Joe Biden, blah, blah, blah. I look at this stuff and I'm like, who the fuck is going to Joe Rogan for medical advice anyway? And second, I know why, the, the, the ludus, like it's crazy. It is. Why the, absolutely- why the hell is, why, why is he getting blasted? You know, when Bill Gates has the exact same medical degree as, as Joe Rogan and everybody's listening to him. I don't know. I got, there's a lot, this goes back to the social media, which is kind of what I'm segueing into. You mm-hmm. walked away from it. Tell us that story. Um, okay. So I had a YouTube channel years ago and I, I got trolled years ago uh, and it was all to do. I did a video uh, around uncomfortable sex and how that was really awkward. And um I got trolled and it was really bad. And I thought, oh God, I can't do this. So I came off social media, but I stayed on Facebook and I had an Instagram and I had a Twitter and um, I just carried on. Uh, My journey kind of developed. I understood what trolls were. I'd occasionally get into disputes with people online because there were so many keyboard warriors. I'd try not to, but then then my ego would come up and want to say something back. And um, so it was, it was, a kind of love-hate relationship. Um, I didn't have loads and loads of followers. I had about a thousand and something followers on my Instagram. And I, I got a lot of views whenever I did stuff on YouTube. I remember like I used to have like 14,000 views uh, in 24 hours, one of the videos I did. And there was, on that was on Facebook. So I was getting a little audience and, and attention. And um, But the, the part of me that really wasn't happy is the scrolling. And the time I spent scrolling and wasting my time and who I became when I was scrolling. And what I mean by that is I became such a judgmental bitch. 
<laughs> I was looking at other people and I was just like, well, your life's not like that. I know that because I've seen you today, you know, or they'd be like, oh, hey, best life, hashtag best life. And but behind the scenes, you know, they'd be hanging or they'd be crying or they'd be like calling me and saying, hey, I can't cope. And I'm like two minutes later when we get off the call, they're posting something that's filtered that makes them look amazing. And I'd be like, I just I can't I can't do this anymore. I can't keep seeing my friends doing this. Now, I never um when I was on Instagram, it's very rarely, I do like videos occasionally, but very rarely was it my face. You know, it was always things that were around my life. So I had a different approach to Instagram. I had a few kind of face pictures, but nothing on the taking loads of filters, you know, taking loads of pictures, going to choose one and put a filter on it and put it out. Never have I ever done anything like that. So I didn't really see Instagram as being an influencer, but I just didn't like who I was. So when I decided to come off it, I thought, and I'd broken my back and I'd had a really um, quite a abrupt kind of, I had to leave the island. I was living in Ibiza, had to leave Ibiza, came back to London. And I was laid there thinking, what do I really need this stuff for? Because I'm in bed, I'm scrolling. And, you know, like hours went by just scrolling and scrolling. I felt terrible. And I thought, I'm done. I'm out. And I thought, I'm going to take myself off Facebook first. I'm going to see how I go for a week. And then I'm still miserable after after the second week um, of just having only having Instagram. So I took myself off the lot. I took all my pictures off, which, by the way, at the time, they made a really hard thing to do. So it was like getting your pictures off so you could save the bits that you wanted was really difficult. And then realizing that there's so many things that I, I lazily I'd kind of logged myself in via Facebook to loads of other things that weren't Facebook you know like when they ask you to log in say would you like to log in with Facebook and I was always ticking yes because it was easy to do yeah. I was like these, these fuckers they've literally like they've trapped me in my own world of bullshit here but it's obviously decisions that I'd made that I needed to undo so when I came off the first thing was I was like oh my god I've got way more time like loads more time and I started reading more and um I really had a lovely week and I was only laid in bed I couldn't do anything I couldn't go anywhere I couldn't go out and exercise I was in bed with a broken back unable to move unless I went to the toilet or somebody bought me some food and stuff and so almost six months so I was very similar to mine yeah. So I was in a, in, in a, in a tough way and I could, I could hobble a little bit over to the, the fish and chip shop over the road and then I'd like hobble back, but that was as far as I was going. Now, was it a limbo accident that, that took you out? <laughs> Definitely not a limbo accident. No, I, um, I had two spinal fractures, two slip discs and a twisted pelvis, but I'm not really still yet sure how that happened, which is the crazy part, but, um, um okay. I can't let you glance over that. So what you were just walking on. around one day and just ow, ow, no, ow, ow, I, shit, I can't move. No, I had sciatica and um, I had sciatica for a couple of months. It was getting worse and worse and worse. And I didn't really know what sciatica was. Somebody said, you need to go and get an MRI. So I went and got an MRI. They said, oh, you have one. Uh... Oh, I think it was. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, I can fix that. I'll be okay. Following morning, woke up paralyzed, couldn't move, had to get rushed to hospital. And I'm like, oh, this is worse than it was yesterday. I was in so much pain. I ended up I was unable to be helped because I was living in Spain, even though I was a resident, but I wasn't getting the treatment from the hospital that I really needed. They were just giving me pain stuff, but they said, there's nothing we can do. Mm -hmm. So they um, suggested that I fly back to the UK. My friends were over and they were like, you need to go back to the UK, get treat, get proper treatment, go home. I went home, ended up in a, a place on Harley Street by recommendation of a friend. And the guy was like, oh, we're going to do you an x-ray. And I'm like, it's okay. I've had an MRI. It's a slip disc. I know I'm on crutches, but I'll be fine. He's like, no, 
let's do an x-ray. And the x-ray pulled up everything. And he's like, it's not a slip disc. It's two slip discs. It's two spinal fractures, one on either side, one old, one new, and a twisted pelvis. You're not going anywhere. And I was just like, oh, fuck. So it would, I couldn't go back to the, to the island. I lost my dog. I lost my house. There was so much that changed in my life in that week. And, um, and then the, the couple of weeks later was the, I'm done with social media as well. So I really had this big change, but what I realized when I came off social media, first and foremost, is you realize who really cares about you in the sense that enough to make an effort to reach out to you, not saying all friends don't care, but they've all got their own lives. They're all busy, but the illusion that we create where we think people actually give a shit about us is, is that it's an illusion and not that anybody wished me unwell, but the support network or the friends that I thought I had were just not what I thought that I wanted them to be. And that was a big realization. And I still, you know, it's not a bad thing because it, it you sometimes you just need to clear stuff out. Timing question on this. Yeah. Um, what was the correlation between you quitting drinking and drugs and the back? Yeah. So, um, the, I gave up drugs, 2011, alcohol, 2014 back happened in 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah, so big difference. Me, and and between gave, that as well, I also gave up sex for three years, which was even worse than everything <laughs> put together. You gave, um, why was that worse? It was difficult because the thing is, once you give up your drugs, then you give up your alcohol, then you like you, you've got nothing to pin yourself or, or like to pin yourself on or hide from, um, or you know, hide behind, should I say? And um, the thing was, I realized that when you go out and you meet someone. And you're either drunk or you're on drugs or you're through a dating app these days or whatever it is. But very rarely do you take your authentic self to go and meet this person. You take the sales representative of yourself. So you'll either take this, this version of yourself you want people to like, um, but you don't take your most raw, vulnerable self with all your emotions in your little handbag. And you're like, hey, that doesn't happen. You try and hide every part of yourself because you're not used to being seen. So when I came off of those things, I was understanding and seeing parts of myself that I'd swept under my own carpet for years that were bubbling to the surface. I could see I was quite a bit, you know out there, shall we say, I was, um, I was a party girl and, you know, I didn't really have much self-respect. I wasn't making decisions from a safe space. I wasn't making them from a sober space. The kind of guys I was attracting was, you know, a, a kind of mirror of the person that I was being. And when, you know, there's a lot of people, that, oh, you know, place, which is a beautiful thing. Always, it, it is. But when you don't know it, you're like, oh, every guy's a dick. It's like, actually, Nat, you might be the dick here. You're you know, dick, you, yeah. you're <laughs> the dick. You're like, oh, one common yeah. denominator there. Yep. Exactly. And that's the other thing is like all of the, you know, I'm looking at all the different guys. They, some of these guys were on my list that I wrote down and I was like, this is a, this is a nap problem. This isn't just a drinking problem. This is a who the hell am I problem. And so I decided to not sexually connect with anyone. So no one told me <laughs> it was going to be three years later, but that's yeah. how long it was. And it yeah, was a journey that I didn't intend to go on. It wasn't like, I'm, I'm going to be celibate for X, Y, Z reasons. And I'm going to do the Tantra lifestyle. No, it was just like, I'm not going to have sex with someone until I really feel it. And I didn't. My, I was numb. I was numb. I'd had sexual abuse when I was younger. I'd had so much stuff that I'd gone through when I was younger that I'd also swept under a carpet thinking it was okay. Socially, completely unacceptable for the behaviors that I'd got myself into. There was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. And I needed to sit back and go, oh, and I'm like licking my wounds and being like, oh my God. And it was enlightening 
and scary and the most vulnerable and beautiful period, but at the same time, dark, really dark, because all your stuff comes up when you're not sharing your sexual energy with someone. There's a shift that happens within you. And it was tough. That's definitely some deep shadow work. Uh, oh, God. Shadow, it's like the darkest roof of the darkest <laughs> darkest place. And you're like, oh my God, there's no shadows. It's like there's walking just into the biggest hole in your entire soul and going, hey, look, there's a hole in the floor. Oh shit, going on deep. Yeah. And dark night of the soul was not a dark night. It was a dark, long period of, of a couple of years. You know, it wasn't a dark night of the soul. It was daily work. Well, and that's the thing. When people say dark night of the soul, a lot of that gets misconstrued into like, you know, 24 hours of. <laughs> if not. only like an yeah. ayahuasca session. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Man. And, and I ask you because, I mean, your story is so similar and I love, you know, I love, this was one of the reasons why I love this show. We get to, you know, we really get to connect and talk on an open level because every single person that's out there listening right now is um, they're, 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 they're putting their, their own spin and they're taking their own part of the story and they're adding this to their repertoire. And I love it to know that, you know, most people aren't alone. I mean, it's funny that you talk about the sciatica and the slip disc and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I didn't know that about you, uh, but that's, that's primarily my story. That's, that's my catalyst for change. Yeah. When I quit drinking and, and the drugs, I rolled right into essentially broken back sciatica, which was brutal. And then it was, it was slip disc. It was broken back. Sciatica is your nerves. And then the bones in your back, like when you move and you can feel it in the top of your head, mm-hmm. that shit's fucked up. And that, and these are the things that, you know, now, like, again, you're left. I didn't quit social media. I went the other way. I'm like, I've got nothing else to do. So I'm going to social media it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, you know, and again, three, the, you talk about three years celibate. That's where I am. And again, it wasn't a choice. It wasn't a thought. It was just like, it was just like all these things I gave up just made me focus on other things. And the idea of yeah. being like, I'm going to pause focusing on this shit over here to go find somebody to have sex with. And up until this point, all the sex that I'd had was so fucking meaningless it was mm-hmm. just, it was boring. Like you walk away and you're like, what am I fucking doing? Like, why am I yeah. wasting my time? But yeah, dark night of the soul, finding yourself, getting back into what you want to be, or essentially what it comes down to is destroying yourself entirely and rebuilding yeah. the version of you that was meant to be here, which yeah. on the most fucked up level is that's, that is the meaning of life. That's why we're Very here. So. And the yeah. whole world will tell you a leopard doesn't change his spots. Fuck you. Just, just on that, this leopard's changing its spots. I don't know where it's come from, but there has never been a leopard that said, actually, today I fancy changing my outfit. It doesn't happen. This sentence gets says all the time, this leopard changing spots. And I'm like, there is no leopard that wants to change said spots. Can we like not use that as an excuse? Because people change all the time. People change hourly, daily, yearly. They change, they grow, they advance. They move deeper within themselves. They move away from things. They move into things. They develop. We change all the time and we're here to change. And we can, and, and and we need the society to support that change as well, which is the holistic society that we wished we lived in, but it doesn't, it doesn't support our environment at all. But think about your environment right now. You have rolled out of that environment and you have created, curated and rolled into an environment which does, which does work in that sense. You and I yeah. right now are two, essentially two former degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and because of our path and our journey, we sit here right now and we have the the luxury of talking to each other across yeah. the pond, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's the hero's journey within the self, isn't it? You're going to find, yeah, you're going to find, you're going to find where you're supposed to be. You're going to find your people. You're going to find your clan. Mm-hmm. Um, we jump topics on that, but I'm, again, I'm fascinated. I, 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 we could talk about all of these things. These are all like eight different shows. We got a whole anthology right here. <laughs> we could have gone into. 
um, but let's get back to, let's get back to social media for sure. Let's get mm-hmm. back to where you went from, because you've created something completely off of social media, off from social media. Look at my yeah. grammar. So mm-hmm. yeah. what, what I, next um, after you've, you've, you've gotten rid of everything, you've started reading more books and you're off social media. What was the last one to go? Which one was the this? Last, <laughs> the last one was, uh, you know, I had a Twitter account that wasn't doing anything. And I remember I got rid of everything and I'd still had this occasional Twitter look. And it was obviously around the time of um, Trump coming in, you know, he'd, he'd been brought into power and I was, you know, I'm, I'm a lover of all, all questions that are yet unanswered. So people call that a conspiracy theory. So I'm just like, if it's a bloody good question that hasn't been answered in a bloody good way, then I'm going to keep asking the question. You can stick a tinfoil hat on my head and call me a conspiracy theorist if you want, but I'm still going to keep banging the drum and asking. Mm. And I still look and I still, you know, explore these worlds. And there was a lot of stuff. I follow these guys who I love called edge of wonder. Um, these two guys, Ben and Rob, that I've been following for the last three years. And they had a YouTube channel. And um, they always used to comment Twitter feeds of different things going on. So I found myself even looking at Twitter, which I never used before. (laughs) But then I started looking at all of these things and I would be looking at what Trump would post. And and I, you know, I just, I found it all so interesting because what would happen on Twitter and then what would happen in the papers and the difference between the stories and the narratives would change and how people would manipulate what, you know, they think they can sum up someone's sentiment in 150 characters or whatever it is, but it's taken out of context a lot of the time, or it's put into a different narrative. And, and I just found Twitter a really interesting place to, to see, but then also, um, I thought this is also unhealthy because it's not just necessarily pictures as such. It's more words, but I was aware of the information that I was taking in and uh, you know, I was on some really cool Twitter feeds, but then I just thought, nah, I'm done. I'm out of this too. So that was my last one. Well, Twitter's the first one I got banned from for having opinions. <laughs> um, well, you won't be the first or the last person, but I did, somebody did invite me to clubhouse a little while ago, which is the, the latest version, but, and I haven't really gone on and done anything. I think I've been in one room. I haven't really engaged with it. I've got it on my iPad, but the only thing I, the reason that somebody sent it to me the other day um, was because they want me, obviously audio is my thing, you know, having the radio station and everything, but they said, oh, it's good. You'll love it. It's got no pictures or videos. You'll really like it. It's just for voice. Now that interests me. It's like a, it's like a podcast, you know, but I still haven't been on it. I've still got this. I have a friend of mine who's a, who's substantial in the podcast world and he's done mm-hmm. really well for himself and he joined up and instantly flew up to like 30,000 fans or whatever. And the guy walked away from it. He's like, this is fucking bullshit. He's like, this whole thing is eight figure coaches teaching you how to get rich. And none of them have anything, right? Like it's all just the same cookie cutter bullshit. He goes, these people are just piping. And it's like, you get wrapped up and lost in this crap and you start believing it worst off. Mm-hmm. He goes, he goes, don't listen to any of these gurus. He goes, find the one you connect with. Right, yeah. To which I replied, don't listen to the eight figure coaches. Listen to the eight finger coaches. They've got some stories. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but I just don't, I don't really see myself ever being on Clubhouse either. Like as in like doing, I, I had this whole, whole idea. I was like, oh, maybe I could do it. Maybe it's my thing. And I, I got so many invites in a short space of time. I got like 12 invites in two weeks. I was like, oh, maybe God wants me on, <laughs> on Clubhouse. And I'm like, hmm. Not really sure. And it just didn't, it hasn't sunk in. I haven't resonated with it enough to be bothered. Basically. I have, uh, you were talking about always asking the questions and you know, we should, we could definitely, again, there's another, we could go for hours on conspiracies. My yeah. audience loves their conspiracies. Uh, you know, they're, they're called conspira facts now for Christ's sakes. Cause everything we ever talked about is coming true. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of time is what I call it. 
It's the smaller ones now. I, I find myself looking for entertaining ones. You know, like there was yes. one that I came across where the guy's talking about how Finland was just so that China could have more fish. That's a pretty cool one. I don't know if you've seen this, but like Finland is like, apparently it's not there. It's a fake landmass that is, is, is you know. No. It, and, and, and I'm laughing at this and the guy's talking with such, you know, personality and such per- perseverance. I'm like, this is, it's so entertaining because there's, there's still so many things that you don't think about. Right. So this Finland one was ridiculous. I'm like, somebody get T Mussolini on the phone. Cause I'm pretty sure he played for the hockey team. Um, this is nuts, but you uh, see somebody- stuff like that. And then you come across stuff like this. And I posted this cause I fucking loved it because this is a mindset shift for me that I never even considered until I read this and I'm like, Holy Christ. And, you know, it's true yeah. that what I, what I posted was who knows why we were taught to fear the witches and not those that burn them alive. And like that one just slapped me in the face. It's like, Jesus, you know, to the victor go the spoils and we hear the story and we agree with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, like you think to yourself, yeah, like, yeah, the witches, the, who you, you call them witches, you give them the term witch is a bad moniker, you set them on fire, you burn them at the stake, and that's the acceptable part. And we're all like, Yeah, good, fuck, get rid of those witches, burn them alive. I know. These I have so many, I have uh, certainly around witches. So people call me a witch all the time. It's, I have a past in a kind of witchy world, should I say. And, um, and that's been part of my personal development journey, understanding my true power as a woman and the feminine energy and the kind of witchiness to go with that. I've had past lives, I've had dreams, all of that stuff around witches. And I'm not attached to the, let's say the woo-woo side. In the, and what I mean by woo-woo is in like the excessive unattached approach to life that has no bearing on reality today. That's what I mean by woo-woo. I have to be very specific about that. But the the essence of the the kind of injustice that was done back then, like you say, it was massive, but it's the same whether you're talking about witches or whether you're talking about any religions, you know, anyone having a difference of opinion or a misunderstanding, you know, needs to close down or, you know, if they don't look right in society. I've just read a book called The Choice by Edith Eager, um, which is all about Auschwitz. And there's conspiracies around that, that it never happened. And there's no such thing as gas chambers and all of this stuff. And I, I just, no one really knows anything. We're all reporting what we think we know to be true. And that's a really unstable place to be in. And it's the it's the arrogance of those that believe they are intelligent, too intelligent to even bother with conspiracy theories. That's the missing part. Yeah. Because if you're open, you're willing to have a conversation. You're willing to be wrong. You're willing to be right. You're willing to be mind blown. You're like, yeah, cool. Like this is fun. Or you're willing to learn something you never thought you knew. But when you're too arrogant and you believe you're too intelligent to bo- like intelligent to bother with conspiracy theories, therein lies the problem. That's when you've got a level of arrogance that isn't going to solve. It's not open. It's not warm. It's not friendly. There's no growth there. There's this superiority feeling, and that's the separation. That's the bit where because conspiracy theorists, if you look at it, what is every single conspiracy theorist out there saying, hey, the world's a bit fucked up and I want to help save it. Can you look at this information so you can see it too and see what we can do about it? Because I want to help save humanity. Mm. Now, what part of that is wrong? It might come in all different shapes and sizes, but every conspiracy theorist out there thinks we have a problem we should worry about and wants to help humanity. And that is the essence of it. But every arrogant person who thinks a conspiracy theorist is has some form of mental issues is what I would call a judgmental bully for not allowing the conversation to be happening. And that, for me, is a mental health problem. I feel like I could end the show right there. That's enough. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you very much for coming. 
Um, a hundred percent. I mean, that uh, like you fuck, you hit the nail on the head, you know, and the, that we can't have open dialogue, even as kids, you know, what are the impolite topics, religion, mm-hmm. finance, these things. Like if anybody knew how to do anything with finance, it, things would be totally different. Oh God. Yeah. That's why I do. That's why I teach stuff now around crypto. And it's why I've got the unfuck your life series and finances, because if you took money out of the game and you said to people, okay, we're going to sort your money out, but when we do, and you're in flow, what are you going to do with your life? Cause nine times out of 10, those decisions are going to be different than what you're making now. Cause people are trying to make decisions based on their financial you know, outcome. It changes you as a person when you've got money for a positive reason, if you allow it to, but it can also take you into a dark place. And that's the, the thing at the moment is the money divide. It's not a color thing. It's not think, a, anything else. It's just finance. I think that I, when you say money changes you, I think, I think it's actually the difference. I think it's the opposite. I think you change and then you get money. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, but you can also have money and not change. So it's, it's the presence of that energy and our relationship to it, well, whether it's money and being handed money, you know, yeah. and that, you know, that, I mean, winning the lottery is ridiculous. You know, you can mm-hmm. win, you know, whatever. I think the most I've ever won on a scratcher is five G's yeah. it's fun. You're like, yes. Right. But who cares? Yeah. Throw it in the bank, you pay off a bill, who cares? Right. But understanding that you now have a, a, a repeated means uh, speaking of which, last time you and I talked crypto, we talked um, Uniswap, which is done really yep. well. Yes. Uh, if you're not holding right now, A N K R Anchor, I would certainly Anchor. I've got there. yeah, I've got Anchor. <laughs> anchor's Anchor's about to make a move, ladies and gentlemen. This is not financial advice. Please do no, your own research. Not. To anyone listening, we advise oh. you to do your own research. That's what we advise you to do. Hundred <laughs> percent. If you are also to check out check out Orion Protocol O R N, but that's for another day. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, I laugh too because there's 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 two sides to there's two sides to the crypto world. There's the investment side, and then there's the gambling side. Oh yeah, and, the, and they're very too confused because a lot of people think they're investing and they're actually gambling. But you are not, you yeah. know the sign of a gambler compared to an investor is the gambler can't go to sleep at night if he loses. An mm-hmm. investor can sleep very well. I have both accounts. So I've got multiple investment wallets and I've got some devilishly fun gambling wallets. <laughs> the amount of money that yeah. just came through on SafeMoon, for example, which mm-hmm. is the most ridiculous yeah. shit. I know it's just gone up. My friend just got, uh, he spent $150 and he got like 21 million tokens or something stupid. And I was just, I'm going to go into it tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Okay. So SafeMoon now is a good time to reinvest because it just hit its bottom bottom out. Platform. Okay. Amazing. Mine, I'm in. Prime example, about six weeks ago, a friend of mine put in uh, $2,100 into SafeMoon mm-hmm. and it instantly, he, he 10X, it turned into 20, 21,000. Right. Now that's a gamble token, right? Yeah. But if you don't give a shit about your 2,100, take at 20,000. Exactly. Just take. Exactly. You have to be emotionally stable to do some of these investments, but yeah. these gambling things, but not everyone is. So Gary so, Lucy, if you're listening to this, don't invest in crypto gambles. <laughs> Um, and that's not a knock at Gary Busey because we live in cancel culture. Everybody's going to report me. And uh, Gary Busey, if you want to come on the show, I'd love to have you. You can certainly reach out to us. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can all reach out to us uh, on our phone number is 647-338-1265. You will be able to leave a message um, and we will play the message. And if it's a good message, we play it on air. We answer your questions and get your voice heard. Ladies and gentlemen, that number again is 647-338-1265. 
It is a Canadian number, so long distance charges may apply. Um, we will be working on getting a 1-800 number set up shortly, um, but we're having a little bit of fun with this. So Gary Busey, give me a call. Everybody else, give me a call. Uh, let's get you on there. That's my shameless self-promotion. Also, okay, if you live right. in Canada, you promote I'm gonna do another, I'm gonna do another shameless self-promotion. If you live in Canada, ladies and gentlemen, and you want magic mushrooms, by all means, head over to the website and feel free to click the promotion. You get 25% off your first order. And they are a lot of fun. Now, remember what Alan Watts Watts has said, do not keep listening to the message. Get your message from psychedelics and hang up the phone. These are not recreational drugs. These are meant to help you with your third eye. These are meant to help you experience something on a different plane, a different realization. Enjoy the discount. Now back to the show at hand. <laughs> hold it, hold it. Let's let's just wiggle back. So in Canada, are they legal? Yes. At the moment. Okay. Thought so, wasn't 100 percent certain. I have had some very interesting times with my mushrooms. Um, mm. I have grown an awful lot uh and uh just had some incredible parts of my life open up and allow me to see myself more. Now I'm not promoting them. What I'm saying is for me, there were some serious things I needed to see, but never more importantly that the message that you just said is the the ability to be able to go into a trip and then leave it and leave it as a trip and move on with your life is so rare. People go back and back and back and back and back. That's just not the game. That's just not the game. It's just so bad to be doing that because it's so unstabling. Like this heart, this life that we have right now is nuts. I mean, just imagine, right? The life that we have right now is nuts. And then you're dipping out of this reality, going into another one, which is even weirder and coming back in this one for your stability. There's no, there's no sense in that. It's such a destabilizing thing to do, but you can have a lot of fun at the same time if you do it. And the the mushrooms, again, not being drugs. People think about drugs like cocaine and heroin, all this stuff is a drug mushroom. And man, you can look into the mycelium network. Uh, If you're a fan of Star Trek, ladies and gentlemen, they rip the entire thing off the, all of the discovery guys. They fly around, quote unquote, space on the mycelium network, which is the mushroom network, which is a true thing. It's a fact. Every single mushroom grown inside this area, this, this resistance, this peace, this realm is connected to the ethos of time. So the very first moment in time, the mycelium network was there and these mushrooms mm-hmm. are connected to it. Do your yeah. research, do your homework, head over to the website, save 25%. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it that you're on there with the shrooms. Brilliant. I don't run ads. I've, I've been doing the show now forever and I don't run ads. Um, I have uh, on, on my website, there are things that I like. And if I personally like them, I'm going to promote them. Yeah. So right now I'm running, I have, I have a promo for, um, for my personal uh, group, my collective group. It's a thousand bucks uh, entry fee. So we've, we've got that discount right now. We've got mm-hmm. the really fun one is the, um, the, uh, the scalar energy. Are you familiar with Tesla scalar energy? I am indeed. God, you're hitting the nails on the heads today. I've worked a lot in uh, in kind of, let's say, magnetic energy, sound, vibration. I've worked a lot in sacred geometry with one of the devices that I used to uh, to sell, which is a water device, which is quite similar in that realm. Um, so yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So if you go over to my site and you go on, you'll get a 30-day trial where they actually they bombard your body with scalar energy. Wow. And they zap you full of all kinds of good stuff. With regards to your vibrations and your speakings, that's when I use my voice to get through to people. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Creepy, but you can actually change things up when you actually lower decent, decentralize your resonance to get through mm-hmm. either a message, a person, a barrier, a blockage. 
Sounds are huge, 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 huge. Yes, indeed. Now, That's why I, have, I am sound. You are sound, which is, here's another segue. I want to talk about this. You gave me an hour and we've got eight minutes left. I know. <laughs> um, so obviously we'll have to have you back and probably run a little bit long on this one, but tell me about what I am sound is. So this is what we were building up to. You walked away from social media and you created yeah. a whole, you have a radio station and a television I station. I want to hear yeah. about this. I want, I want people to have an opportunity to hear about the amazing shit that you're up to and what you're doing and why, why it's happening. So I'm doing what I love doing, which is learning and growing. And then I thought, you know what, if I love it this much, other people will love it the same. And I developed I Am Sound as what I thought was missing in the, let's say, alternative spiritual personal development world was consistency. So you do a course and then it ends um, or you read a book and then it ends and there's all these different parts and changes. But I wanted I Am Sound to be an ongoing membership that would support you through your entire journey of waking up or continuing your journey once you've stepped onto this path. Now, we do sound, energy, lifestyle and freedom. So that's the self method, which I put together and trademarked, which is my own method. And it's the understanding of sound in relationship to your environment, then understanding what energy is and then understanding how you put that in your lifestyle, what you need to change, how you need to shape up. And then freedom, which is all around natural law, freedom, stepping out of the society that you're currently in only momentarily in order so you can realign yourself to go back into it because it's not about escapism. So I wanted to teach this methodology of owning your, you know, yourself with your boundaries, your personal responsibility. How do we educate people en masse? Um, it's with consistency. It's with fun. It's with sound. We've kind of put loads of stuff into this membership. We go live in May this year the beginning of June fully for the membership. Um, but I thought the membership was just one part of it, which I love. Um, but I wanted my own radio station. It's all about sound healing. Um, we've got some in the mornings, you start off in the mornings, you've got your sound of the birds. Then we wake, you know, you wake up with yoga music, then there's meditations. And then you're kind of going into a natural chilled day in the afternoon. We've got some kind of house music from Ibiza. We've got that kind of style in the evenings. It goes back into a sound healing journey. So there's a whole journey that you go on with sound throughout that. And then the TV station is going to host the content relative to the membership, but also all the things I love to talk about, you know, like we've just been doing today, like all these conversations that are good and going into deep areas. Um, it's a platform that we can talk about anything we want to talk about. Um, but we are on Amazon Roku and on Apple TV launching. Um, we've got all three of those set up um, from the 1st of June, they'll all be ready and done. So you can catch I Am Sound without any social media anywhere and you can become a member if you want to but it's only a tenner so it's a tenner a month so it's not going to break your bank you get access to everything uh and you get to go on that Isn't journey that 10 and it's british pounds 10 british pounds so yeah which is about, <laughs> it's about 14 dollars. but the idea is that it's a lifestyle it's like if carlsberg i don't know if you know the adverts of carlsberg if carlsberg did Welcome you know carlsberg gears Exactly. Yeah. So it's I was like Carlsberg at 18. So yeah, there you go. So it's just if like, how did I thought, how can I do a membership that would be a life membership that you'd never want to get rid of? You'd, you treat it like you do your Netflix. It's always there. You'd use it loads, but it supports you through your whole journey and it's super cheap. Um, but you get to learn. It's like two hours dropped into your email box every week. And it's, it's a journey that you go on and learn about this wonderful world that we're all exploring. But in a safe way, I've included conspiracies in there, um, group think, how, you, how we analyze information. Um, and when I say conspiracies, 
we're looking at them from a logical perspective and we're bringing in the facts and we're asking you to determine your own mindset around them, not listening to the news. It's looking how you discern your information. So there's discernment training. It's just everything that I wish I'd have had that would have felt made me feel comfortable and a bit more secure on this path that is highly uncertain. So I, I built it basically. I, I got to let you know, it, it, it's, you're blowing my mind at how similar you and I are. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the ideologies and the methodologies and all that sort of stuff, like, you know, right down to your social media, you know, your face was never on social media. You never wanted any of that sort of stuff. My social media mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't represent my physical visage. My, my social yeah. media is all about an idea. Yeah. And the less you know about me, the more that idea can stick inside you. Um, yeah. I love everything I'm hearing about this television channel. I love everything. I want to contribute I want in any way, shape or form. I want to contribute to your channel. I want to be able to love it. help people because you and I, you don't even have to train me on how to do it. You and I are already in sync with that. Um, you know, yeah. You're in the radio and TV world as am I. I, no, I, it's, not even that. It's, it's the message. It's the message that you're trying to convey. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, that, that to me is, it's, it's, it's overtly important that this message gets out there that people have an opportunity to say, you know what, fuck, this is weird. This is something, this is, this is something. And I'm willing to donate all my content, you know, you know, in that sense, like I, I want to, I want to actively help this world do something yeah. and I hate social media. So mm-hmm. uh, consider yeah. me signed up for however we help contribute to your project. I love that. And you know what is for me, it was, I know so many amazing people that are really good at what they do, but they just don't like social media. They, that they, 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 it's like a balloon, you know, when the balloon pops, it's like zzz, their entire enthusiasm drops when they realize that they have to put their incredible creativity through such channels as social media. And I was like, I want to create a platform that has brilliant content that allows people to express themselves, but where we can really just build the membership and the, and, and, and actually build that network because it's your vibe attracts your tribe. That's as, as cheesy as you may have heard it before. That's one of our, our main slogans. It's your vibe attracts your tribe. I knew that if I didn't have social media and I stuck to what I really truly believe in and if I'm consistent with it and I've got my discipline with it and it looks the part and it feels right and people will like that and grow with it, then they too make it their own. It's, it's my baby, but I've, you know, it's now a little toddler. People are taking it off in different directions for little days out here, there and everywhere. The brand is growing. Things are moving. And I wanted to bring, I wanted it to be a reflection of my life because people say, oh, you have so much fun. Like your life looks amazing. I'm like, yours it can be too. You just need to make those decisions and those decisions need to be backed up by, you know, scientific, you know, scientific research. You need to make sure if you're making decisions, it's for the right reasons. It's not just woo woo. So I've built all of that in there, but the essence is freedom and it's not freedom from jumping out of society and going to live in another one. It's freedom within yourself. So you can exist anywhere and it doesn't matter. You don't need to wear a mask. You don't need to be arguing with someone. You don't need to think about what's the government going to do next. If you're a free sovereign being, then you create your own metaphysical environment for you to exist wherever the fuck you like. That's right. And that's the truth. But we that's don't know that. We've never been taught that. So that's what I wanted to build. Yeah, that is exactly where I live. And that's why people say like, you know, you be, be wary of anyone that, that doesn't have anything to lose. And it's not that I don't have anything to lose. It's that I don't fear losing it. Exactly. You know? And that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. So, I mean, this yeah. is, you know, you're, you and I are going to have to talk a little bit off screen, obviously, but I want, yeah, to, no uh, problem. <laughs> I want to, uh, first things first, I want to make sure that your, all of your efforts are linked through my page. I want to make sure that anyone can find you through me. Love um, that. And that, you know, that, that's certainly something that we're going to put up there for sure for all the people that need to find this stuff. And, 
um, you know, for, for creating the new, because mm -hmm. we are really in the process right now of everything dying, everything you can look around and whether you want to call it a conspiracy, or not everything that everyone's ever known over the course of the entire fucking world is now changed. So right. take action or go for the ride. And either way, it's up to you. It's up to, it's yeah. up to all of us to be, you know, who we want to be. Um, mm -hmm. I, We're just I, living in the biggest, like this is the thing people are on conspiracy theories. And I'm like, you're living in one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> There is no, let's just take the frame out and just let's look at what we're really doing here. Yeah. You are living in the world's biggest conspiracy that there ever was. And the fact that you haven't yet woken up or noticed means to tells me that you never will. And I'm okay with that. I'm not trying to force that onto you, but it's when people try and force what they believe onto us, mm. that's when it becomes a problem because this, it's like, I know how, what my life is like. I don't need to convince anyone. Yeah. There's nothing in me that feels like I need to convince. And that's when you know somebody feels unstable in their environment is when they're trying to convince the other person to agree with them. Mm. It's free over here. It's cool. It's like we'll take it as it comes. We're, you know, we've got an intention. We've got a goal in the sense of we want to have a better world. That's it. We're not horrible people. We just want to live a better life. I like, I like the idea, too, that you can, you know, you can have these conversations. I like the idea that, you know, what you had said earlier, you know, if you're not woken, if you're not awoke, not woke, because woke is stupid. If you're not awake, if you're not aware, if you're not seeing yourself in the, in the, in the essence right now, you probably won't. And that's cool. So it's not up to anyone to wake anyone else up. It's up to no. everyone to find those who are already awake and work together to become yeah. more aware of where we are, what we're doing, how we're doing. Yeah. So you find your tribe. So everyone that's still quote unquote asleep, have at it, enjoy the world, you know, and this has been foretold the division between third and fifth dimension. Right. The mm -hmm. world is currently separating. It's the, 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 the foretelling is upon us. We are ascending. You know, some people are coming. Some people aren't. Maybe some yeah. people were NPCs all along. I don't know. You know, mm -hmm. maybe Finland yes. was invented for the Japanese fish trade. I don't know. You never know. Somebody you never Timo know. On the phone. We need to talk to Timo Solani and we need to talk to Gary Busey and figure this shit out. Do you know what I, I really, uh, and I'm coming to understand this for myself now, whether this is right or not, but for me, it makes more sense. So when we're talking about the fifth dimension and I will be quick, because I know we've got a few minutes left. So fifth You're dimension, I could go for hours. I, I know, I know you could, and I've got, and gentlemen, but, I'm not the one trying to take away this. I know, don't do it. <laughs> so for me on the, on the last thing I'll say is my understanding of the fifth dimension is the fifth direction. So not your north, south, east, west. It's the fifth direction you're taking this journey inwards. The fifth direction is there. The fifth dimension is also there. It's about five deep breaths. If you want to do 5D anything, five deep breaths, close your eyes, deep breaths, belly out in, breathe yourself in and sit there and you will find a world you didn't even know existed. That for me is the fifth dimension. That's where we don't ascend externally. We ascend internally. And that's for me, the only place I know where I can really trust any information coming from is within myself. And that's why I'm not scared of our environment right now. I don't have any fear about what's coming, whatever's coming, because I've prepared because I've bothered to take that step inwards. Yeah. So if there's one thing I leave you with, it's 5D is five deep breaths in. I absolutely love it. And I'm not even going to top that off. Ladies and gentlemen, all of the show notes will be filled with her links, her information, everything like that. and. Five deep breaths, ladies and gentlemen, five deep breaths. And in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice.
Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.